Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank You and we praise You this morning for who You are and for what You have done and are doing and will do in the future. And we pray that Your Spirit would be at work now through Your Word, the preaching of Your Word, that You would encourage us, strengthen us in the faith. God, we give this time to You and ask that You would be exalted and we would be encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so disappointed in you. Those are, those are not encouraging words. Those were the first words that my uh, dad spoke to me after I told him that I was going to become a pastor. And they stuck with me for a long time. But that was before my dad was a Christian, and he was only focused on the money to be made in pharmacy. It wasn't until after he became a disciple of Christ that my dad began to hug me and say, I'm so proud of you. Later, uh, as his battle with cancer drew to a close, I remember uh, my family uh, gathered around his bedside uh, when he was uh, really weak, and he took uh, my hand and my brother's hand, and he said, I love you. I'm proud of you, son. Take care of mom. And I will never forget those words. You have words that stick with you, words that have been spoken to you, that, that you're carrying, that, that stick, good or bad. I think we all do. Words are powerful, especially last words, final words. And today we, we look at the last words of Moses. This is the end of the line for Moses. God tells him to go up on Mount Nebo where he's, he's going to be allowed to see the promised land. But God is going to call him home from there, just like he called Aaron home from the mountain. He's, he's going uh, to die, just like his brother on the mountain. God is the one who determines the measure of our days. Our times are in his hand. But before he dies, Moses is going to bestow a blessing, a final blessing on the people of God. And there's something really beautiful, really wonderful about this because the last several chapters have been full of curses and challenge and warning. And these last words of Moses are full of warmth, encouragement, and comfort, and hope. This is a final word of benediction for the people that he has led so long. And at the heart of this blessing is really the central theology of this book. The one true God faithfully loves and cares for his chosen people, his covenant people. 
And they in turn are blessed as a people because they're saved by the Lord. Moses begins and ends this blessing with the the majesty of God on the one hand and the happy status of his people on the other as a result. Now, the purpose of this blessing is to encourage and to strengthen the people of God. That's the point of all blessings. (laughs) Imagine that I blessed you and I said, may your hair fall out and may your toenails grow an incurable fungus. I mean, that's... That's not a blessing. That's a curse. (laughs) Blessings are good. They're positive. They encourage. That's the point. And I'm praying that you'll be encouraged in your faith today. So turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy 33 if you're not already there. The message for us today is this. Be strengthened and strengthen others in the Lord our awesome God. You be strengthened in the Lord and strengthen others in the Lord, our awesome God. In this chapter, we're going to see the power of words to bless and encourage and to build others up in the faith by pointing them to God and his majesty. And this morning, I hope that you will see a great many things that will encourage your faith. But for ease, I've simply broken this passage into its three parts, its intro, its body, and its close. So that's how we'll look at this text together. So first, the the blessing intro. Behold your awesome God and serve your majestic king. We see that in verses one through five. The focus in both the intro and the close, again, is the blessing or the the majesty of God and the, the happy status of God's people. And in the beginning, in these opening lines, Moses praises God for his power, his love, his care, and his direction as their king. And we learn from this that when we give a blessing, we bless based on the name of the Lord his nature, his character, his mighty works. We bless based on who God is and what God does, what he's done, what he's doing, and what he will do. So let's unpack this. Verses one and two. This is the blessing which Moses, the man of God, blessed the people of Israel before his death. He said, the Lord came from Sinai and dawned from Seir upon us. He shone forth from Mount Paran. He came from the 10,000 of holy ones with flaming fire at his right hand. Moses is retelling how God appeared to them on Mount Sinai in great power, shining in majesty like the rising of the sun behind a mountain and with a myriad, a host of angels, heaven's army, and with fire. He comes with power, with glory, with majesty. Then verse three, yes, he loved his people, All his holy ones were in his hand. This all-powerful, majestic God loves his people. He's proven it by saving them and by caring for them. Do you love your children? Of course you do. You would do everything you can for them to support them, to provide for them, to care for them, to teach them, to see them flourish. How much more God, whose love is perfect. God loves his people. 
He loves his people. He calls them his, his holy ones who were in his hand, his, his holy ones. It's like the New Testament calls us saints. We're, we're holy ones. We're, we're set apart to God. We belong to him. We're his. We're in his hand. You are in his hand to care for you. He loves you. He cares for you. Believe that. Beloved, that's the primary application. Believe this. Behold your God and believe in these truths. Moses is anchoring them. Look, look what he's doing. He's anchoring them in the character and the works of God as he begins to bless them. Now, one of the ways that God shows his love is by giving his people a law, teaching them what is right and good. And in light of God's love, they respond with faith and obedience. Thus, the Lord became king in Jeshurun. Verse five, that's another name for Israel. Because they're loved by God and set apart to God and cared for by God, therefore they followed God, receiving his word revealed through Moses. Verses three and four. It is... It is a joy to serve a good king, but it is a burden. It is a burden to serve a bad king. The trick is knowing and believing that God is a better king of your life than you are for yourself. Now, God demonstrates his love supremely in Jesus Christ, who came to save us, who died in our place for our sins so that we can be forgiven and have eternal life. That offer of salvation is available for everyone who turns from their sin and trusts in Jesus Christ to save them. But he's not just our Savior, he's our Lord, he's our King. You see, Israel is given the assurance of God's love for them, God's care for them, God's rule over them, to strengthen their faith as they head into the promised land so that they will be confident as they serve God. Those are the exact same assurances that you and I need as we serve King Jesus, as we follow in his steps on the road to heaven. Now, these opening lines of blessing, they're the foundation of the whole thing. When we give a blessing, again, we bless based on the name of the Lord, his nature, his character, his mighty works on who God is and what God does. Blessings aim to strengthen our faith or the faith of others. And to do that, We must point people to God, to Christ, who is the object of our faith. That's what's going on here. That is how we bless. Like Moses, our aim is to help people behold and believe in their awesome God. Second, the, the body of this blessing. Be encouraged and strengthen one another with blessing. We'll see this in verses 6 through 25. After this general opening blessing, we come to the specific blessings for each tribe. This is primarily a prayer of benediction for God's people. It's expressing Moses' hopes and desires for their future. Through prayer, Moses seeks God's favor for them. And and just like we can look at the prayers of Scripture to inform, to instruct our praying, we can look at Moses' blessing to inform and instruct us in blessing others, in praying blessing over people to strengthen them in the Lord. 
I won't go through each one of these in great detail, but I do want to walk through them and, and try to point out as much as I can the ways in which Moses models uh, ways that we can be praying blessing over people to strengthen them in the Lord. So first, uh, there are prayers for God's protection that are common through uh, Moses' blessing. We'll take Reuben and Judah, for example. Moses prays for God's protection for both of these tribes. For Reuben, he prays for, continue, for continuation. Verse 6, let Reuben live and not die, though his people become few. The blessing on Judah is a prayer for God to hear Judah's prayers, to bring him home safe from war, verse 7a, and contend for him against his enemies, verse 7b. Now, according to Numbers, Judah was the vanguard. They marched at the head of the army. They were the tip of the spear. So this was a fitting prayer. We can bless others in similar ways, praying for God to hear their prayers, to protect them, to contend for them, to fight for them in any battle, especially against the spiritual forces of darkness, which we wrestle with as believers. Like all of the tribes, and each one of us individually, our lives are entirely in God's hands. The blessing on Levi, in this blessing on Levi, Moses starts off by calling out their godly character in verse 8, which is interesting. The only reason that he would do that would be to encourage them to continue in living that way. As Moses prays to God, he calls Levi your godly one, tested at Massa and Meribah, verse 8. This is not flattery, but fact. It's based on their past actions. The Levites were commended for staying faithful to God above all, even their family. So in verse 9, Moses prays about Levi, who said of his father and mother, I regard them not. He disowned his brothers and ignored his children, for they observed your word and kept your covenant. What is this about? On at least two occasions of great apostasy in Israel, the Levites stayed faithful. They proved faithful to God. So when others went astray with idolatry at Sinai with the golden calf, Exodus 32, and at Shittim with Baal Peor, Numbers 25, the Levites stayed faithful, obeying God and keeping or guarding his covenant. It seems that they did so as Meribah too, but the accounts don't tell us how that, that happened. But during the golden calf incident, Moses cried out, who is on the Lord's side? And the Levites immediately rallied to him, Exodus thirty-two twenty-six. Then they carried out God's judgment with the sword on brother, friend, and neighbor, verse 27. They put faithfulness to God above all the claims of family or tribe, Jesus also calls for this total commitment. Jesus demands our total devotion. So Jesus said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Luke 14, 26. And of course, Jesus is not teaching us to literally hate our family. He's saying that our love and our loyalty to him must supersede all others, including the love of our family and even our own life. 
So blessings commend godly character and pray for continued faithfulness. That's because of the Levites' faithfulness that God appointed them as priests, Exodus 32, 29. And they had two main jobs, teaching Israel God's word, his rules and laws, verse 10a, and offering sacrifices to God, verse 10b. And then Moses prays this blessing for them, for God to bless his substance, that is, his strength and ability, and to accept the work of his hands, that God would be pleased with with their teaching and with their Sacrifice, their teaching of God's word and their sacrifices on God's behalf, which of course is a blessing for all of the people. It would benefit all the people. When we bless, we can also pray then for faithful and fruitful service to God. We each have various gifts and callings and we can bless others by praying for God's strength to fulfill the the works that he has entrusted to us, that God would be pleased with our service to him in these things that he has called us to do so that we might hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. We can pray that way to bless people for faithful and fruitful service. The blessing on Benjamin is for their security and their support in the Lord. Moses prays, may he dwell secure because God, the Most High, constantly surrounds him all day long. May he dwell between God's shoulders. This is such a beautiful picture. Think about this. Think about, think about me carrying my, my daughter Layla on my shoulders, right? To, to, to carry her, to protect her, to uphold her. Like when she gets tired of walking, or she needs protection when we're in a busy place, busy streets, or maybe there's a puddle of water that she can't get over and she needs help, I will often pick her up and put her on my shoulders. That's the picture of God here. But I want you to notice something first. The first thing that Moses does is he, he prays the beloved of the Lord. That's how he prays for them. Look what he's doing. Blessings speak words of hope and truth to God's people. They communicate, this is who you are. For example, here we see, you are the beloved of the Lord. Do you see how Moses is anchoring them and who they are as God's people? And he's praying that the Lord would surround them at all times and carry them on his shoulders. These are statements of truth meant to strengthen their faith. Now, the first part of the blessing of of Joseph is for provision Moses prays the choicest gifts, the choicest fruits, rich yield, finest produce, the best gifts, all the fullness of the earth, verses 13 through 16. Prayers for God's provision is another common blessing running through this blessing of Moses. So we see it with Naphtali and and Asher and Zebulun and Issachar. It's very common. Provision then, praying for God's provision is another way that we can bless But God is the source of all their good. Look at verse 16. Moses seeks the favor of him who dwells in the bush. I think it's the only place in the Bible that says anything like this. Do you know what this is a reference to? This is the reference to God in the burning bush. Moses is seeking the favor of the one who dwells in the bush. God is the source of all of our good. Every good gift comes from him. We must seek it from him and be grateful to him. In verse 17, though, Moses compares Joseph to a bull with magnificent horns goring the nations. 
This is a vivid picture of strength in battle. It's a picture of, of Joseph as a tribe carrying out the judgment of God on the nations. So he's, he's got this vivid picture, and the two horns are the, the two half-tribes, Ephraim and Manasseh, right? The, thousand, the, the ten thousands of Ephraim and the thousands of Manasseh. Moses is praying here that they would be strong in battle. And even though we don't have a literal battle, we can pray a blessing that God would use our kids and others to advance his kingdom, to fight the good fight, in contending for the faith, in striking a blow against the forces of evil. It's like the song that we sang, the battle hymn of the Republic. Moses then blesses Zebulun and Issachar by praying for their joy, verses 18 and 19. Rejoice, Zebulun, in your going out, and Issachar in your tents. This is a way of saying rejoice at all times. And the reason for their joy is their worship and their provision of the Lord. So we can bless by praying for others to rejoice in the Lord and to rejoice in his provision. The blessing of Gad is again for protection, but also that they would uphold God's righteousness and justice. And then this final blessing to Asher I want to mention here. Just that when Moses blesses here, he does it, he tailors his blessings to the tribes themselves. So it's a prayer again for Asher for provision and protection, but I want you to notice the way that he does it. Their land was going to be a place full of olive trees, and so when he prays for their provision, he talks about their feet, let him dip his foot in oil, olive oil. And when he prays for protection, he prays that their bars would be iron or bronze. He's talking about the fortifications of their gates. Their land was right on a highway where invaders would come into the land, and so they would be constantly attacked. The point is, is that Moses is tailoring this blessing for their specific needs. So even though there are similar, there are similar blessings, all of these are tailored to the needs of the different tribes. And so when we bless, the point is, is that our blessing should be tailored to the needs of those that we bless. Now, how do we apply this? Let me mention a couple things. First, we see the power of words here. Our words are like stones. They can lay a strong foundation or they can be launched like projectiles from a catapult. They can build or destroy. They can heal or wound. They can encourage or discourage. And there are so many scriptures on this, but let me just mention one, Proverbs 12, 18. There's one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Moses's blessing is like an extended illustration, an example of words that bless and encourage. The Bible says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it might benefit those who listen. Moses is speaking encouragement tailored to each tribe. Now, you and I don't have prophetic insight, but you know your children, you know your spouse, you know your friends, you know your brothers and sisters in Christ, and we can tailor our blessings and encouragements to them as we speak words of blessing over them, especially our kids. Let me encourage you on a practical level to, to use that moment when you say goodnight to your kids to pray blessings over them. It's a powerful moment for you to bless. And I'll encourage you to mix it up. One of the th- things that we see in this passage is that there are numerous ways for us to bless. So mix it up. Bless your children. 
Be encouraged and strengthen one another with the blessings of the Lord. Praying blessings over people is thoroughly biblical. There's numerous examples in both the Old and the New Testaments. We see Moses' example here, but we have Aaron's blessing in number six and many others. I was just reading in my devotion today that when the ark was returned to Israel, David begins by blessing the people, and at the end of the ceremony, the last line says, and he went home to bless his family. And I was like, there it is again. But it's not just the Old Testament, it's the New Testament too. It's all over the place in the New Testament. And we actually see Jesus doing something very similar to what Moses does at the end of his life. In his last words, in his farewell discourse, he blesses, he gathers his disciples and he blesses them in much the same way. He speaks over them, calling them to trust in God and to trust in him, blessing them with his peace, reassuring them of God's love and his own love. He reminds them of their election. He promises God's provision and the Holy Spirit to help them. He prays over them for God's blessing now and in the future. Paul ends almost every one of his letters with a blessing, both for groups of people and for individual peoples. He'll do it in the middle of his letters. Now, blessings are not magical. They're prayers aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Our blessings are not promises, but they express godly desires and hopes for the future. They're prayers that seek God's favor on others. Second, we see our dependence on God. Now, what do we do with these promises spoken to the tribes? We are not the Danites. We, we do not live in the times of Naphtali and, and Asher. In many ways, the issues that we face are, are very different than those of the Reubenites or the Gadites. Still, there's a common theme that's being expressed in several different ways. It runs like a golden thread through all of these blessings. In the face of challenges, struggle, need, opposition... We must fully depend on our God who is faithful and loving. In this, our situation is just like theirs. We trust God for all that we need. And blessings help other people to do this by pointing them to God, the object of their faith. They aim to strengthen faith. Yes, God will supply Every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Romans 8 32. Now these aren't promises that we're going to be rich or that life is going to be perfect. They're promises that God will supply everything that we need so that we'll be able to faithfully love and serve and honor him. Their promises that God is not going to withhold anything that is necessary for you. God is going to strengthen and sustain, and he, we are secure in his hand. And this leads us to the, the last part, the blessing close. Rest in the true God's everlasting arms and rejoice that you belong to him. Verses 26 to 29. Now we come now to the very last words of Moses. And as we've said, last words are important, and these are some of the best. They're some of the best. They glorify God and encourage God's people with some of the most exalted truths. Moses gives a final word to encourage their faith. And I want to read verses 26 through 29 again. Look there with me. There is none like God, O Jeshurun, 
who rides through the heavens to your help, through the skies in his majesty. The eternal God is your dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. And he thrust out the enemy before you and said, destroy. So Israel lived in safety. Jacob lived alone in the land of grain and wine, whose heavens drop down dew. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your triumph. Your enemies shall come fawning to you and you shall tread upon their backs. Moses proclaims, your God is incomparable. And so are you, his people. There is none like you, a happy people, saved by the Lord and secure in his arms. So first, there's none like God. He's in a category all his own. He alone is God, but look specifically how he points out the, the uniqueness of God. He points, he says, there's none like God. And the first thing he does is he shows, look at what God does for you. Look at how God cares for you. God is not idle. He is active in his world and in your life. While the, the Bible de- describes the devil as prowling around looking for someone to devour, the Bible describes God as someone who rides through the heavens to your help. It's incredible. God also upholds them in his everlasting arms, like a child curled up safely in her father's arms. But I want to ask you, I was talking about this with the family last night, how long could a dad hold their child in their arms? Well, it depends on how big the kid is, right? (laughs) Depending on the size, an hour could be a stretch. But even one day would be impossible. But God's arms are everlasting. They're all-powerful. They never grow weak. They never give out. They never let go, ever. Do you see God is also, the eternal God is their their dwelling place, their refuge, their fortress. He surrounds them. God is also the one who marches ahead of them to defeat their enemies. The same arms that uphold them without fail also fight to defend them. Their victory would come from the Lord. How do you see? Do you see the picture here? The eternal God is above you and underneath you, and he surrounds you, and he goes before you. He is your refuge. Believe that. Rest in that. That's the application. Be strengthened in your faith. Let these glorious truths strengthen your faith in your God. That's the point for the Israelites. That's the point for us. That's why Moses is pointing them to who God is and what God does. And Moses draws this final conclusion. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your triumph. Oh, recognize your happy status as God's people. You are blessed to belong to God because he cares for and upholds and counsels and supplies and protects his people without fail. His arms are everlasting. He's the eternal God. 
If you belong to God's people through faith in Christ, this is your God. Rest and rejoice in the Lord. When you bless others, anchor them in this. There is no other God. There is none like him. And there is none like his people because they're his. Now let me draw a couple of applications to close. First, there is this military theme that is running through our text. Moses affirms the all-encompassing care for those who take refuge in God's everlasting arms, but this is not a picture of relaxing in God's everlasting arms. There are battles ahead for Israel, literal and spiritual, and we as God's people face opposition, literal and spiritual. We're in a spiritual war behind enemy lines, The assurance of God's everlasting arms is a great comfort, but it is not meant to make them comfortable. It's meant to give them confidence in the conflict, in fighting the good fight of the faith. It would be so strange, it would be very strange if in the middle of the great war we saw a soldier decorating his foxhole. He gets himself a comfy chair so he can put his feet up while bullets are whizzing past his ear and bombs are exploding around him. We would immediately recognize that this is inappropriate because this is not the time to relax. This is war. Yet we do the same thing when we begin to treat this world as our home, when we get comfortable and lose sight of our mission, that we are in a war. Our fight, though spiritual, is real and it's difficult. It requires courage and perseverance. There is no faithfulness without a fight. There is no neutrality. You cannot sit on the sidelines. There is no truce that can be negotiated. Peace with the world is enmity with God. And this is where the blessing comes in to strengthen our faith, faith in God's presence and power and readiness to help. That's the secret of fighting successfully. That's what Moses gives them in his final words as he sends them into the land for conquest. Faith in their God, in his power and his presence and his readiness to bless. We are happy soldiers by faith in our God. That's how we fight successfully. Blessings don't just give comfort. They give courage. They strengthen faith and they spur to action. Second, the fulfillment of Moses' blessing. It's found in Jesus Christ. He is your salvation, your security, your satisfaction. It's through his death and resurrection that we have peace with God. In Christ, all of our enemies are defeated, including death. In Christ, God grants us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. God is going to supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. Now, there's a blessing you can pray over someone. Believe that. Believe that. Trust in him and be strengthened in your faith as his beloved people. You, you dear Christian, are chosen and beloved. 
You have received God's revealed word. You are the special objects of God's love. You are his holy ones who are in his hands. You are his citizens in his kingdom under his perfect rule as king. You are the one he upholds with his everlasting arms. And most of all, you are a people saved by the Lord in Jesus Christ. You are the happy people who have the privilege of calling God your father, your king, your defender, your shepherd, your savior. So take heart. This is your God. You're his beloved people. Be strengthened and strengthen others in the Lord, our awesome God. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you this morning for who you are and for what you do for what you've done and what you will do, for setting your love on us, for saving us, for making us chosen and beloved and holy, set apart by you and for you. We thank you that we are in your hand and that you ride through the heavens to our help and that you uphold us with your everlasting arms and that we dwell secure with you. God, we thank you and we praise you for contending for us that we might fight this good fight of the faith. We praise you, Lord our shield of help, and our sword of triumph. There is none like you, God, and we praise you. We ask that you'd strengthen our faith, Lord Jesus, and that you would use us to strengthen the faith of others. In Jesus' name, amen.